Coming up, we take one last look at the New York football Giants hosting the Chicago Bears this weekend in what feels like a critical game for their long-term season success. Touch on those betting lines, get into Andy's bet of the week, while also taking a look at what unfortunately is a pretty concerning scene from Thursday night football between the Dolphins and, of course, those Cincinnati Bengals. That being the case, the Chicago Bears are coming up this weekend. You and I, we, we got into a bit of a philosophical shouting match on Wednesday. The extra script that you're going to see here from us, extra video that you're going to see here from us is going to be about the offense versus the defense. Um, a lot of people are saying right now, Andy, that this could be, you know, hey, listen, it's another grind out game for the Giants. You just got to make it happen. Get across the finish line. Put up enough points to beat a suspect offense with Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears. Is that okay? Like, like, and this isn't about Daniel Jones. It isn't about any one individual. Just at what point, regardless, like I said, the NFL is the NFL. Players come in and out. Guys get hurt. They get replaced. When does it just need to be this offensive scheme needs to start showing what it's capable of? Because now we're getting into week four, and we know that there's a very tough Green Bay defense coming up the following week in London. The Ravens are a tough team. What are we, you know, week nine, week 10, we're going to say, oh, now we're starting to see it. You know, it's, it's, it, it is part of the philosophical debate. Like if the Giants beat the Chicago Bears 10-9 on Sunday, right? And the offense can't move the ball. It's a war of attrition. And, and Graham Gano kicks a field goal with like no time left and we win the game. Yeah. You'd be happy that we're winning the game. But then you're also thinking to yourself like, yes, the Chicago Bears are 2-1, and one, but they beat Trey Lance in his first start of the year. They beat Davis Mills um, while they were at home. And, and they lost – by double digits to Aaron Rodgers. Like what, what are we, if we're benchmarking ourselves against just beating the Chicago bears, instead of delivering a performance that everyone is excited about. And I, I do believe that they do need to try to move the ball down the field. I know it's going to, I know it's going to sound crazy, but the giants need to score a bunch of points against the bears. This is not the, the 1980 monsters of the midway type of Chicago bears defense. They're just a middle-of-the-road defense, Adam. Mm -hmm. They don't have Khalil Mack anymore. They traded him away in the offseason. He was one of their big players. They have a bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. The Giants need to come out, and it can't just be like, we know Justin Fields can't move the ball, so we're just going to kick field goals and and, and bludgeon them with 50-yard field goals from Graham Gano the entire game. No, I, I can't see how that can be the case. I mean, you're, you're talking about, we think about yardage and where and where these teams stack up. To your point, I was just running the quick check here because I was curious. Like, are the Chicago Bears still a top 10 defense from a yardage perspective? Yes, they are. Against, you know, total yardage, they have themselves, what, two, four, six, eight, nine, yeah, 10th. They're 10th in the league. By the way, they're just ahead of the New York football Giants defensively in terms of total yards given up there. And I just... It's one of those things where, yes, like you look at that, and we talked about this yesterday, how uh, Wednesday, Thursday, about how um, Justin Fields, 297 total passing yards. So in a lot of ways, we feel like there's a lot of similarities between these two teams, right? Not necessarily great dynamic passing offenses, have some really good running talent, where are they going to go from here, et cetera, et cetera. But like they only have, and I know you mentioned the defense, but like in the game overall, 
they only have 297 passing yards, whatever I may think about Daniel Jones. He's thrown for 560 yards so far this season. Like, that's normal NFL stats. We're talking about, you know, this is borderline peewee stat lines that the Chicago Bears offense is putting up. So if we start from there and say Wink Martindale needs to get himself on track, needs to find a way to get pressure, just needs to be able to walk into this game and say, we're not taking on an elite quarterback talent. We should be able to do our job here. We should be able to hold Chicago under 20 points. Then to your point, this Chicago defense is not the Chicago defense of old. The Giants need to be able to find a way to be productive here. And we can touch on King Chris, who's mentioning in there, Darius Slayton. He even does say uh, Kenny Galladay as well. I'm a little bit cautious about the Kenny Galladay component of this, but we did mention Darius the other day as well. Historical perspective, Adam, Justin Fields is 297 yards, is the least of any quarterback that played three games that didn't get hurt or didn't get benched in 30 years. We're talking about this is like historically low for yeah. what the Chicago Bears offense is doing. And so you think that Wink Martindale will figure out some schemes to dial up some pressure. There is some good news. They run the ball tremendously. I think they're number two in, in rushing yeah. yards per game. They like to run the Yeah, football. Herbert has 240 on the season by himself, let alone Montgomery pitching in 159 already. Well, and, and so for Giant fans, while it's tough to hear people being injured, David Montgomery sat yeah. out of practice again yesterday, Thursday, with, with a leg injury. It looks like he's, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're saying they're pessimistic about his chances. That would be big for the Giants if it's just Herbert. I know people are like, well, he should be starting over Montgomery anyway. But anytime you have the one-two, uh, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the stats of, of how they're they're able to rush the football, eliminating one of those guys in David Montgomery would be big for the Giants. It's just another weapon that they won't have out there. Yeah, and I know um, it looked like – do we have any – I don't know if you saw it. Any? I, I didn't look like Wondell Robinson and Kadarius Tony were going to be close to being able to play this weekend. Leonard Williams was a little bit more optimistic, but I don't know if he was going to get there. So it looks like the Giants are going to be, of course, shorthanded in a similar way that they were to last week. And again, still no reason why you can't find ways to be productive. So uh, those are all essentially confirmed that they are not looking like they're going to play. Yeah, no, it, they all three of them did not participate in practice on Thursday – they're also pessimistic about any of their chances to be out there. You know, uh, most of the beat writers are saying it looks like all three of them could be back for the London game against the Packers the following week. It just feels like, uh, you know, using abundance of caution, especially after we've seen people trying to go back into games and re-injuring themselves and getting hurt and being out longer term. I think it's going to be, you know, smart for the Giants to kind of sit them. So but, what? Are, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, okay. No, um, 51% just for uh, completion percentage for Justin Fields, only 45 pass attempts. Like it's not just that they're not being productive. It's, it's, it's not, it's not efficient. It's not effective in the small usage. And here's the one thing I want to tie into that though. And why this game does matter for the New York football giants. Just remember if we're, if we're looking at the roster of quarterbacks that the giants have played here and the defense has been good for them, but they played obviously week one, Ryan Tannehill, Tennessee Titans. Then they played Baker Mayfield with the Carolina Panthers. They played Cooper rush in a loss against the Dallas Cowboys. And now they get Justin Fields. Remember they're going to get Aaron Rodgers next week. They're going to get Lamar Jackson the week after even a Trevor Lawrence. Who's in his second year developing as a quarterback, right? The next three weeks of two specifically, you're going to see an uptick in competition level at the QB position on the other side of the ball. And I think that's where it becomes really important. If you look back over the first four weeks of the season, you would say, hey, by and large, we want to be rewarding what the defense has done for us when they should be having success based on the matchups. It may not look the same in a couple of weeks going forward where the lift for the offense is going to be that much more needed. 
Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't agree more, Adam. And the, the more I break down this game, the more I think about how important it is for the Giants offense to get to get going and, and get right. You mentioned uh, people talking about Slayton and Galladay are going to get a heavy, do- you know, all their opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm in agreement with you, Adam, where I'm still going to pump the brakes a little bit on Kenny Galladay just because I, <laughs> I, 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 he's I, not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just don't and- know if he. You know, Darius Slayton has had limited opportunities oh. where you think if you give him more, we have an we have a chance to see something. Kenny Galladay's been out there, and what I've seen, I haven't liked, so I don't necessarily know if I want to see more of that. Right? Yeah, it's the it's the, myst- it's the mystery that maybe Darius Slayton can do something, which isn't any more optimistic than the fact that you've seen Kenny Galladay not do anything. Um, but but it's all that you can do, and I think if you go back and look at the past three weeks in total, even the last game, we said this a little bit before. It's just hey, I know if it's it's sixty forty that Daniel Jones is getting is under siege, but on the 40% of them, 35% of those dropback snaps need to be for deep looks. Like you just need to start to take the shots knowing that it's not always going to be perfect. Go ahead and put them out there and see what the results are going to be. Even if again, we talked about this going to the season, by the way, I'd rather see Daniel Jones at this point. Like I would be not happier, but I think I'd be more impressed and I'd be more optimistic about his development overall. If remember to this point of the season, Daniel Jones has three touchdowns and two interceptions. The the one last week, obviously we know on the slip, but Hey, it's in the stat book. I'd rather him be at six touchdowns, three picks right now, right? I'd rather just see a little bit more, a little bit more explosive. Maybe there's another mistake that comes in that bag there, but I think that it helps. It, It matters to game scripts. It impacts the way the opposing defense is approaching you. And by and large, these first three weeks have always seemingly have always been, okay, we're staying the course offensively, trying to grind it out. And the other team's defense is like, yeah, we're trying to grind it. You know, we're trying to grind it out. And if you take a shot, maybe by and large, they haven't taken those shots. Remember Sterling Shepard, who will not be with us for the remainder of the season potentially for the rest of his career. Um, He had that big bomb, right? Big catch, touchdown, right? The big play matters. That was a game changer in that particular instance. Could matter this weekend too. It could. And I I wanted to talk a little bit about the weather. It looks like there's a 50% chance of rain in the forecast, which always makes things a little bit interesting, a little bit wonky. Um, The Bears had that week one monsoon type with uh, the 49ers that ended up getting them one of their two wins. Yes, exactly. So that, and that game script changed things dramatically. I think uh, Justin Fields threw the ball like nine times or something. It was crazy, crazy statistics. The Chicago Bears give up 157 yards a game on the ground. You'd like to think that if it's going to be raining and there's going to be, you know, challenges uh, moving the ball, that Saquon Barkley is going to get quite a few touches. Sure. You know, look, look at Matt Breida as well to be able to get some of those touches. The Giants may end up, that, that's the problem, Adam, is that with the type of team that we're playing against, with the weather forecast and the injuries to the wide receiver room, it's almost like the the, they're, the Giants are basically like all the circumstances pushing them towards being ultra conservative and trying to grind it out and win the game, as you talked about at the top of the show. Yeah, that's fine. And by the way, like if the weather goes that way and they end up being more run heavy, because like I, that, I get that, right? This isn't an objective. I don't care if it's a snow. I don't care if there's forty mile an hour winds in Daniel Jones' face. He's got to chuck it, and yet. You know, those grind out games, especially sometimes it's funny in, in bad weather games, running backs can sometimes benefit from that or like speedy shiftier guys. Like if Kadarius Tony was playing in this game, you'd think, hey, let him, you know, light footed, have some of the defenders get caught up in the muck and they get to move around with a little bit uh, with a little bit more fluidity. 
And yet it also exposes potentials for fumbles, right? It also can turn five yard gains into two yard gains. And then you're third and long as opposed to being third and short. So all those things really matter, obviously, in this one. Again, reminder, check out the the additional video that'll be up here today where we talk about offense and defense in a lot of depth. One last note I'll make before we get to props, odds, and bets here is uh, Jalen Smith, who was brought back. You know, the Giants picked him up from the Cowboys last season. I won't be surprised if he's a part of this defensive rotation. Micah McFadden saw more time on the field last week. It wasn't necessarily very impressive. And just if you're thinking about how you want to script this, especially if the weather's a little bit bad, some bigger bodies, you know you're not going to have Leonard Williams potentially. You got to find a way to keep that congestion. Um, Interesting to see if he gets called up. That being the case, my friends, let's go ahead and turn our attention over to Andy's bet of the week. So Adam, listen, I'm two and one so far. I steered everyone right week one. I, I went a little crazy thinking that Baker Mayfield was going to give up a touchdown in week two. And then we got back right with Richie James. You know, I was, I was trying to get, give the people what they want, the long shot that, that wins yeah, this did. week. I'm going completely against the grain on everything that we just talked about before. Because I just have a sneaking <laughs> no, it, yeah, it, it's it's gonna sound crazy and it's gonna sound ridiculous. My bet of the week is Daniel Jones over passing yards. It opens set at. Well, would, do you want to you want to play the the guessing game first, or you want me to just tell you? Uh, I I think it opened at two thirteen. So 213 is is, is actually uh, right around what Daniel Jones's uh, prop has opened at historically for his career. So that was a very good guess, Adam. Uh, yeah. It opened at 197. I want, I, oh my God. I wanted to go sub 200, but I thought wow. that's just like, it's insane that that's, those are Justin, Fe- that Justin Fields wishes he could have an over under of 197. <laughs> so it, it opened at 197 and a half and all of a sudden it moved up to 199 immediately because people started betting the over and everything in your mind is saying, no, take Saquon Barkley over 80 yards, take, take uh, Daniel Jones rushing yards is now bumped up to over 30. But for me, Adam, the weather works for both offense and defense. It's like if Darius Slayton can get separation on a double move or a guy slips and falls, it means big plays are available for both offenses. And so for me, we, we know we're going to see more Slayton. We know we're going to see David Sills. We know Richie James is going to be out there. D- Daniel Jones is going to have to move the ball at least yeah. through the air somewhat. We, we can't live in this 150, 175-yard range the entire time. I have a sneaking suspicion that, number one, the Bears' passing defense is not as good as the numbers show because they did have that random game against San Francisco where Trey Lance couldn't throw the ball. Mm. Adam, Jalen Johnson is their – you know, pro bowl caliber top five in the league cornerback. He was out again from practice. They have Kyler Gordon on the other side. Who's like a 40 pro football focus. looks like he's given up the most receptions in the entire NFL at the cornerback position with 18 or 19. Adam, this is an opportunity for Daniel Jones to be able to move the ball. They may not be able to get all the deep shots that they want because the offensive line still has its limitations, I expect Daniel Jones to be able to move the ball and move the ball effectively in some of those short and intermediate routes with guys like Richie James. Would you take the over on Justin Fields for passing yards? What do you think Justin Fields passing yards over under is set up for this game? I'm guessing it's probably set at like 142. Ooh, 148 and a half. 148 yeah, and I, a half. I, I honestly wouldn't take it. I, I, I just, they don't want to throw the ball at all. And like, yeah. I just don't know if even if they fall behind, if they're going to trust him to throw it with that, with the way they perceive the offensive line to be, 
I want nothing to do with Justin Fields. The guy's only throwing 15 passes a game right now. Like, who's to say that they're going to open up the game plan against a blitz-heavy defense in Wink Martindale? Yeah, I don't hate the idea of taking the over on Daniel Jones rushing yards. Just, be, you know, again, if it's going to be a little weather inhibited. I, I, and I know sometimes you see how he runs wild the week prior. You go, ah, that's what it's going to be. Well, you know, you don't try to script yourself into the same exact process. By the way, the Giants would prefer if they were able to move the ball through the air a little bit more. Over on bet stamp, just to round out the, the process here for everybody, it had moved a little bit. If you want to take the Chicago Bears, you head over to points bet for plus three. If you like the Giants, you can lay two and a half on draft kings uh and then what are we talking about the over under was set at 39 or 39 and a half again DraftKings for the giants you want to go to caesars for the over at 39 if you're thinking that uh it's going to be maybe uh, maybe you think uh, you, you get there at 40 but i think it's, it's pretty close to last week's betting line uh over under from last week's line as well do you assume all things considered here as we talk predictions um would you would you be on bet stamp fishing for those overs the best lines there or are you talking about this being I think what I said I, last week, I got the I got the I got the score right. I just had the wrong teams. Twenty three sixteen. Do you think even less for Chicago, even less for the Giants? I don't see how the Chicago Bears are going to be able to consistently move the football against the Giants. Now, I'd be extremely bullish on the Giants if Leonard Williams was playing in this game because mm-hmm. the Chicago Bears want to run the football. Leonard Williams does not let teams run the football against him. So not having him out there is, is a big miss for the giants, but on the other side, David Montgomery won't be there. So you're going to see Khalil Herbert the entire time. That's a, that's a big miss for them. I don't foresee this being a high scoring affair. You know, uh, I, I know it's set at 39 and a half. Adam, I think I'm still on the under on that. Just given that neither of these teams has really shown the ability to move the ball consistently and are they both going to do it at the same time against decent defenses with bad weather? I don't, I don't particularly see it myself. What about you? Yeah, I, I listen, man. I, I said this before. Obviously, it feels like it's the kind of game the Giants really want to win just to kind of secure the next few weeks of their season, feel good about it, reward your team for, for listen, for finding ways to win games. As Andy has always said, it's all that matters there. Um, you know, I, I'll be interested about the over-under for Saquon Barkley, 79 and a half rushing yards. I feel like he, like he is carrying the ball a heck of a lot. And if the weather plays a factor, then you're not necessarily going to get any other rotation pieces in there from a Matt Breida, et cetera. So I'd lock into him. I wouldn't even hate, as someone mentioned in the comments, a guy like maybe Daniel Bellinger to catch a touchdown here. Feels like tight ends in the slog. Those are always the guys that end up making some of those marginal moves. I feel the same way. I think I would take the under with this one. I'm going to call for the Giants to win. Everyone should know that after the first week, I think that I have, I've been wrong every week on the Giants. I called for them to lose against the Panthers. I called for them to win against Dallas. So maybe I should say it, you know, and reverse the jinx here. But I think the Giants will get this one. I, the offense for the Bears, just they don't have enough. And if Wink Martindale is worth his weight as a head, as a defensive coordinator, he's going to find a way to manufacture success for them. Safeties can play a big role in this one. Give me the Giants. Give me 23. You know what? Give me, give me 23-10. Like, I want this is going to be a nice little bit of convincing here, right? Like, this should be one. You know, you're not going to blow them out. You know what I mean? But a nice, consistent, comfortable win. You get up early. You let the defense do the work. Get out of there in the color rush uh, jerseys on Sunday in Giant Stadium. Adam, you and I are of the same mindset. I almost had that exact same score as you. It just feels like the Bears can't move the football. You expect the Giants to be a little bit more competent on offense. And yep. to your point, I I can't operate in a world where the Giants 
cannot beat a rebuilding Bears team while while being a home favorite. Like I can't operate that way. So for me, I look at this and I say, basically, I'm I'm right around where you are. I have I have the Giants winning about I was going to say twenty to ten is where I am. <laughs> so you and I feel very similar. It's it, it it feels like if the Giants can get a lead and score early, the Chicago Bears are just not built to be able to come back and score points very quickly. So it's all going to be important about the Giants getting on the board and forcing Justin Fields to throw the ball because they haven't been able to do it effectively all season. And at the end of the day, my friends, as we talk about, people are saying, hey, 26 pressures, five sacks against Dallas. I get it. By the way, we're not ta- we're not saying that, that Dan Jones isn't going to be under pressure. Like it, it, that is just a, that's what we're talking about here. That's a part of the Giants season. Accept it and live with it. Like it doesn't mean that it's a great thing, but the Giants need to find ways to have success, even if they are under pressure. And you can make the case that for a little bit more. Taking a few more shots last week, that could have looked differently, even against Dallas, understanding it was a backup in Cooper Rush. Quite frankly, Justin Fields is a backup quarterback at this stage of his career as well. You go ahead and you get over in on the podcast feed, wherever you get those needs fulfilled. YouTube, subscribe, get in on the comments, join us for the lives. And again, just one friendly reminder, a deeper dive in on this matchup offensively and defensively. Who's going to play the key factors on both sides of the ball? That video will be up today as well. Check it all out and we'll be back in uh, on the postgame coverage, hopefully talking about the New York football giants three and one. Until then, my friends, as Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.